I'm letting you into a secret. I have a very exciting free mini course coming for you. Reset your health in 30 days, which will enable you to unlock the power to reduce stress, improve your physical, mental, and emotional well-being, and take charge of your health. Sign up now via my website, www.sarahannmacklin.com. What is happiness? How would you describe it? Yeah, now that is a good question. I mean, so, look, I mean, two and a half thousand years of ethical discourse haven't got us an answer, right? We're probably not going to get it in the next couple of minutes. I would first of all say it's very simply about how we feel. When we feel better, when we feel good, then we're happier. So that for me then means it's located in our experiences. It's in what we pay attention to day to day, moment to moment. Right? It's how I'm feeling now talking to you. There's a whole range of emotions that I'm experiencing simultaneously when we speak. And all the other things that I go, you know, that I do when I go about my life. And what I do in Happiness by Design, my first, my first book, uh, I didn't intentionally get a plug in for that so quickly. But so first of all, I talk about pleasure, which is essentially emotions that people would typically be used to describing joy, contentment as positive ones, you know, anger, worry, stress as negative ones. Interesting that we have many more negative words than we do have positive ones. Sitting alongside those feelings are another set of feelings, sentiments we might call them, that relate to purpose, to whether things feel as if they're worthwhile, meaningful, fulfilling, and in contrast, a waste of time or pointless. And the reason I pay attention to happiness defined in this way, in an experiential way, moment to moment, day to day, is because that sits in quite sharp contrast to the ways in which we often measure happiness for the big surveys, which is to ask people very global questions of how satisfied they are with their lives overall or these days, which are important questions, mm -hmm. but they don't directly get at how people feel. That comes into my next question, which is how do we measure happiness? And that's ask what you people. Yeah. I mean, ask people. That, but do you think people really resonate? Do you think people really actually can dissect if they're happy or not or do they just think that actually well I guess I am a happy person rather than actually understanding if they are experiencing happiness yeah I mean it'd be super cool if we could just find out how happy people were without asking them if we could observe it and there are things that we can do there's science advances physiological measures you know um, that we might use or psychological measures that might observe people but look I mean if you go to your doctor and say you're in pain he or she will ask you how much it hurts, right? I mean, it is a subjective experience. Yeah. It is how you feel. And there's all sorts of challenges and questions and issues around how we tap into that and the answers people give. But fundamentally, it is a subjective experience. So still the best way to find out about it is to ask people. And it's interesting that you, you speak about happiness being subjective because we had David Walliams on a couple right. of weeks ago. And it was the opening episode of our season nine. And we spoke about happiness. Right. So obviously, you know, he's known as very famous British comedian. Yeah. And we spoke a lot about happiness with him and he mentioned two things. He mm. said, one big thing was comedy. Mm. He said, that's a great way to challenge adversity and that's like how I try to keep my happiness levels up. Secondly, he said, was doing good and giving back. Right. And they're the two things on how he would describe he creates his own happiness within himself. Do you agree with, with what he says? Well, I mean, yes. I mean, in short, I guess. I mean, there's two... They're, they're, they're two fundamental determinants of how we feel. I mean, laughter clearly, you know, if you if, laughing, if we smile now, we're going yeah. to feel happier. Yeah. And maybe it's a, it's a good thing in one sense that you can get social prescriptions now for laughter therapy. Can you? You can, because it's an evidence-based intervention. 
on the other hand, it's quite a sad indictment of the modern world that mm. we have to be prescribed laughter, right? <laughs> How I mean, do you it's, like, laughter? it's like, well, you get sent to do laughter therapy. But, you know, shouldn't we just be finding ways to laugh more anyway, right? Mm. So, of course, comedy is a really important outlet for that. Humor is a really important part of life. It's not an important part of academic research, though. I mean, I think, obviously, because most academics aren't very funny, but it's almost. I don't know, looked on as, a, as not a serious pursuit. You know, the idea of laughter and joy and humour is kind of, you know, maybe what lower order beings do or something, right? You know, mm -hmm. we're more cerebral and more kind of advanced than that, you know, which is clearly <laughs> wrong <laughs> because we can all be happier from laughing more. The helping other people point is super interesting because I've spoken about that a lot in various places about how it's actually one of the most selfish things you can do to be selfless. Right, because not only does the other person benefit, but you feel good about yourself. And I think one of the reasons that we don't get as much pro-sociality as we might otherwise get is we don't tap into that selfishness quite as much as we should. We have a hierarchy of charity. This idea that you know it needs to be self-flagellating. You know, unless I'm actively harming myself, it's not helping other people. Well, that's complete nonsense because we've got good evidence to show from really good experiments to show that when you tap into the selfishness. So, for example, if you're if you've got a volunteer program. I talk about the personal benefits that people that volunteer get, you get more volunteering for longer. So I think celebrating the happiness hit that you personally get from helping other people will be a super way to increase pro-sociality. Because I read, because I'm actually writing a talk at the moment, and um, I think a big part of my own journey was, was finding the BY Collective, which is my not-for-profit organisation. It's only through writing my personal talk that I've actually realised the effects of giving back and actually what that's had on effect on my mental health and apparently you can quote me if this is incorrect but giving back activates the me part of the brain they call it which is the same way that it's activated in meditation that it actually brings a huge sense of calmness to oneself and that actually blew my mind it's something that I was obviously doing but totally unaware of yeah there is I mean I'm not a neuroscientist so you need to get a neuroscientist <laughs> on to talk about the neuroscience but there's certainly activation in the pleasure you know, parts of the brain as well when mm. people are helping other people, I think. Although, as I say, you should get a neuroscientist on to talk about that. But we create these narratives around our behaviours and around pro-sociality, don't we, that kind of almost cleanse it of the idea that it should be personally beneficial. And as I say, I think that's, that's not good for encouraging more pro-sociality. Because a lot of behavioural science teaches us that we make mistakes and we get lots of things wrong and we can laugh at ourselves and stuff and laugh at other people mostly. But fundamentally, we're, we're not that stupid, right? We don't, when we pursue something and continue to pursue it, it's typically because the feedback is that it feels good, right? So if you're getting that feedback that something like helping other people feels good, then you're gonna be more likely to do more of it. Thank you for listening. For the full interview, follow the link in the show notes and be sure to subscribe, follow and share the Live Well, Be Well podcast. Before you go, I have something new to tell you about. There's brand new bonus content waiting for you with every new guest I speak to. These are exclusively for my inner circle of Apple subscribers. To listen now, head to the Live Well, Be Well show page on Apple Podcasts, where you can activate your free trial and you can enjoy the podcast without adverts.